pros bring something extra to every job. Now at the Home Depot, they also get something extra. Pro Extra, our free loyalty program built for pros just like you. Members earn perks with every dollar spent, like Pro Extra dollars, a tool rental credit, and more. New members get $20 off their next in-store purchase of $200 or more just for signing up. Learn more at homedepot.com slash proextra. New year, more rewards, pro extra, only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast. Uh, guys, the big news of the week is that Formula One has announced that they will have an official podcast. And oh my God, we are super, super, super thrilled. Welcome to the world of podcasts, Formula One. I think we can officially call them or invite them or welcome them for that matter. <laughs> Akunal, I'm just so thrilled because Formula One is finally taking to the audio medium. Finally. Yes, and we've been here or rather we've had Formula One's back. on the audio medium for 6 years. Hey, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> And I think the arrival of uh, Formula 1 on the podcast scene is actually very good news for us on the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast as well because uh, you know Formula 1 is definitely going to increase the size of our pie. Absolutely more the merrier. And uh, Formula 1 is partnering with Audio Boom. The same guys that we've been partners with, we are partners with. Uh Kunal it just goes to show that you know we're trend setters and how <laughs> <laughs> but i can tell you formula 1 will not have the awesome opening tune that we've got from lucian <laughs> <laughs> guys lucian is a professional musician he's composed our opening tune and you can hear a lot more of him on bandcamp and a few other places as well yes and apart from lucian i'll tell you one more thing that formula 1's official podcast won't have our amazing and famous water world said this week section <laughs> <laughs> and yes since it is the official podcast it will have to be politically correct i'm pretty sure of that but i can only imagine the kind of inside access the podcast will have and i'm definitely looking forward to hearing their first episode me too uh, can also the triple header this week i'm just switching topics how's it been for you i think it's been fun it's also been exhausting three working weekends back to back but i don't think i'm complaining uh the first race was uh, uh you know won by lewis hamilton the second was won by max verstappen i really wonder who will win this weekend's british grand prix yeah and i you know max verstappen winning in austria was such great news on red bull racing's home ground that too i was so excited for him and the team yes and i actually thought after the opening lap that kimi raikkonen could have won the race because i don't recollect when last did i see him this aggressive on an opening lap yeah that's so true and you know it was also great to see grosjean and magnussen finish fourth and fifth i think especially grosjean given the terrible season he's had uh, up till now uh, i'd had a really great time interviewing them for our podcast and you know ever since then i've always i've been looking out for them yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but but sorry i know i know you mentioned verstappen i have to talk of verstappen's opening lap move on kimi raikkonen and you know it was a bit cheeky where he nudged him a little but 
that's how it's always going to be with Verstappen, I guess. I think that's why the world of Formula One loves him and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Kimi Raikkonen, I think uh, I was just thrilled to see him second and not third because that's where he usually ends up being. And apparently, between his last win and now, he has had more podium finishes than any other driver in Formula 1 history. Wow, that's that's a record maybe I don't think he'd necessarily want to have. <laughs> but both the Saubers in the points too, it's pretty surprising and amazing. Yes, and that's exactly what happens when four of the potential top 10 finishers end up retiring. We had Nico Hulkenberg, Daniel Ricciardo, Valtteri Bottas and Lewis Hamilton. And I think I was shocked to see all of them retire, not just the Mercedes-Benz cars. You know, Nico Hulkenberg's power unit failure was like spectacular, if I may say so. You know, like those good old days, a smoke bomb bursting on track, literally. (laughs) (laughs) Very dramatic. (laughs) From all the four power unit suppliers, Mercedes, Renault and Honda had at least one retirement, while all of Ferrari-powered cars finished in the points. And this also means that all of Ferrari-powered teams scored double points. Kunal, it makes me wonder also if Mercedes pushed their performance that wee bit more, you know, to keep Ferrari at bay. And obviously, I know they'll never admit it, but it's our job to speculate. (laughs) (laughs) But I also think that Ferrari and Vettel were probably one of the big losers in Austria. This is despite them ending taking the lead in uh, both the championships. Ferrari not informing Vettel of Carlos Sainz's hot lap is a small error with big losses. I mean, they had the pace to win the race, even from third. And especially when we saw the Mercedes cars suffered from blisters and had to pit the second time. Yeah, one of my funniest moments in the race was when uh, Ricciardo and Hamilton, they both went radioing their teams about how the Ferraris didn't have blisters, but their cars did. (laughs) (laughs) And for those reacting to drivers complaining about the tyres, please do not. There's almost never going to be a perfect tyre for Formula 1. If it's too soft... We have multiple tyre strategies uh, like we did in Austria. And of course, the drivers like them a little too hard because that means that everyone stops just once and that's when Formula 1 gets a little bit boring. And we don't like boring races. (laughs) But Kunal, I'm wondering also if Mercedes is wondering how to sharpen their tools and make the most of the virtual safety car. I think this is the second or third time this season that they've lost the lead thanks to the virtual safety car period. Yes, and they also need to work on the number of apologies that they're going to issue to their drivers, especially Lewis Hamilton. I mean, I'm still shocked as to how many times Mercedes apologized to Hamilton. Yes, they made a mistake. In fact, this is one mistake they have repeatedly made this season. But how many apology messages are enough? I mean, does anyone have a count? If you guys do, then you know how to reach us. (laughs) The funnier part of this drama was when all these Lewis Hamilton fans went to Twitter and then they asked for James Allison to be sacked for his pit stop error. (laughs) And then obviously Mercedes had to pacify them by clarifying that it wasn't James Allison, but James Wolf who made the error. And... Wow, I would hate to be him right now. <laughs> Mercedes, Formula One, you better be listening because this is what happens when you hire staff only from the UK or the EU. You land up with team members with the same first names. <laughs> <laughs> In all of this, my heart goes out to Valtteri Bottas. You know, I think he's officially taken over the title of the unluckiest driver from Fernando Alonso. He's just lost so many points. And Kunal, to make matters worse, he lost fifth place to Max Verstappen in the championship points. So that's 
lots know. and lots of ouches. I don't know what would it take for Valtteri Bottas to have a perfect weekend. Now, when I say a perfect weekend, a weekend that he deserves and not, you know, that's eroded by his lady luck. But uh, talking of Fernando Alonso, he had another phenomenal weekend. He went from the pits to the points and that too with a 2017 spec front wing. Can you imagine? McLaren damaged so many front wings <laughs> thanks to those yellow curbs that they had to use a wing from 2017. <laughs> I just wonder if that's any indication of McLaren's front wings used this season. <laughs> you know, maybe they should just bring back the entire 2017 car or something. Since they kept saying that they have like the third best chassis and all of that. <laughs> But I can only imagine how elated Red Bull Racing would have been after winning their home race. They've built a car that's for circuits that require high downforce. But their home track is actually the exact opposite. <laughs> I mean, they've never won at their home race. It was always Mercedes dominating as we knew. Well, I actually loved to see the Dutch fans in the grandstands. And there was like this Max Verstappen village out there. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of the question Sebastian Vettel asked Max Verstappen when he found out about the Max Verstappen village. Vettel actually asked Verstappen if he paid taxes there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering if the official Formula One podcast will ever be able to bring out this side of Sebastian Vettel. He's actually very funny, humorous, humble. He's awesome. <laughs> and if they can't, I think we can. So, <laughs> Guys, it's okay. We've got your back there too. <laughs> Sebastian Vettel was concerned that the Austrian Grand Prix could end up being a Mario Kart race after the FI announced the third DRS zone. Or wait, I don't know if he said that because he also saw the sponsor logo, the star being added as a graphic at certain times during the race. Or I don't know if that was the reason. <laughs> I know. I think we all saw it. <laughs> but I know that Kimi Raikkonen said that half the circuit was a DRS zone. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> but Vettel's overtake on uh, Lewis Hamilton, I think it was pretty spectacular. We finally saw them battling on track. Thank you very much. Finally. Also, speaking of streaks, so Sebastian Vettel has had a streak I think he could have done without. He's had two penalties in two races and maybe he could make it a third one this weekend, you know. Ouch. <laughs> Different kind of triple header. <laughs> Ferrari has had the history of swapping drivers just before the finish line in Austria. And I think we all need to thank them for letting Raikkonen finish in second because he totally deserved to do so. Yeah, I'm going to quote Lucien here, actually. He <laughs> asked if the opening corner incident, you know, when Botas, Raikkonen and Hamilton were side by side by side. Uh, he asked if that would have ended up in the gravel had Verstappen or Vettel been in it. <laughs> <laughs> Very valid point. Yeah, that's a brilliant observation. And uh, Jacques Villeneuve is back in the news again. He said that Charles Leclerc should not go to Ferrari in 2019. Okay, but... Kunal, I'm just wondering why Jacques Villeneuve always has something to say. I mean, who is asking him all these questions and why the hell do they want his opinion? <laughs> <laughs> but the good news for Charles Leclerc is that he's already scored more career points than Marcus Ericsson ever did in his four odd years in Formula 1. That's, that's crazy. Ouch. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how Marcus Ericsson fans can ever defend him. And we have a lot of Swedish friends and they always defend Marcus Ericsson. But guys, what do you have to say to that? They're watching football. <laughs> <laughs> My heart actually says that we should have Charles Leclerc in the Ferrari in 2019. 
But my mind says that maybe Haas is a better option. You know, we could let Leclerc have a better reference than uh, Marcus Ericsson. And that's exactly what Jacques Villeneuve said too. I am wondering who Haas will have to let go of then, Magnussen or Grosjean. You can't be attached to both of them. Like, come on. <laughs> I think Alonso could be the person who'll make everyone's uh, choices for 2019 a bit easier. So, if Fernando Alonso goes to Indy, uh, that means that there is a vacancy at McLaren, which then Kimi Raikkonen could uh, fill up. And that would mean that Leclerc would then end up going to Ferrari. And like Max Verstappen, he will then have... Public standing with a microscope to dissect every mistake of his. But, well, that's the life he's chosen. And all this would obviously extend Grosjean or and Magnussen's career by at least a season. But let's see. Lots of speculation out there. But that that genuinely will make you happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's damn interesting, actually. Uh, Kevin Magnussen, slowly and steadily, he's climbed to seventh place in the championship. Basically, he is the best of the rest. We've seen it almost every weekend. Woo-hoo! And now the, the, the points say it too. Um, in fact, guys, we had the opportunity to interview Kevin Magnussen. And uh, our interview with him will be live next week. Uh, remember to tune in. It was a damn interesting conversation. And this is where we'll say, just like the Formula One podcast, we are available on every single audio streaming service, whether it's iTunes or Audio Boom or now what they call the Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or Deezer or Google Play Podcasts. So, you know, go subscribe to us. But back to what we were talking about. Uh, uh, we were talking of Fernando Alonso and how he's, you know, the vital cog in the driver's silly season or he could be so. But one big cog in the Alonso decision for 2019 uh, could be impacted by the fact that Formula One could start a full week earlier next year. That's exciting. I have to wait less. (laughs) (laughs) But this could mean that there could be a clash of races for Alonso if he does race the World Endurance Championship and Formula One next year as well. Uh, But, you know, honestly, I get this feeling that if he and his teammates are crowned World Endurance Champions this season, he may never go back to the World Endurance Championship and switch all his energies to the Indy 500 for guess what? The triple yeah, crown. Of course. <laughs> so, Kunal, while Fernando Alonso and his future is a very interesting topic for all of us, it's now time for our fantastic What Toro Wolf Said Week section. <laughs> so, Toro Wolf said that it would have been brutal if Ferrari had used team orders to swap the position of their drivers in Austria. But obviously, Toro Wolf is happy that Vettel's lead is only one point over Lewis Hamilton and not four. So, obviously, he thinks it would have been brutal. (laughs) I can remember the Malaysian Grand Prix where I don't know if... Actually, Toto wasn't a part of the team or maybe he was when Mercedes used team orders. So, but we saw how last year, you know, even though they used team orders, uh, Hamilton gave the position back to Botas at the Hungarian Grand Prix. So, different teams and different choices to be made. But if Hamilton does lose this year's World Championship, Mercedes and he will look back at Austria and wonder how they lost so many points, or rather, all the points they could have gained from this weekend. So true. Toro Wolf also said that Red Bull Racing Honda is actually the right move for Red Bull Racing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to say. Like Now, come on, Toro. Obviously, the correct move for Red Bull Racing and Formula 1 would have been Mercedes handing them engines. But, alas, not the case. (laughs) 
Well, one part of managing a racing team is eliminating your competition off track. I've experienced this when I was racing as well, and Wolf's comments could be probably in the same direction. But I'll tell you what Wolf should say next. He should say that Formula One's direction to equalize earnings for teams is a step in the right direction for the sport, because that genuinely is. But but of course, he's never going to say it because he's never going to accept it. <laughs> That's true. Uh, this week, Kunal, so Nikki Lauda joins Toro Wolf in the What Wolf Said This Week <laughs> section. He doesn't want to be left out, you see. So, uh, Nikki Lauda went and confirmed Mercedes's driver lineup for 2019, just when the team was possibly thinking of all the possible PR gimmicks to make their announcement. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly the side of Nikki Lauda's I. That I love. And in fact, this is his only side. <laughs> and I think Christian Horner has done something similar. So after months of building up on Daniel Ricciardo's contract position for 2019, he's just gone ahead and said that Ricciardo will most certainly sign up with Red Bull Racing for next season. Oh, okay. <laughs> so all the suspense and the climax has probably ended up in an anti-climax. But Fernando Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, guys, we're going to talk about the uh, British Grand Prix coming up next. Formula One's home race, actually speaking. And I remember how I have introduced Silverstone to lots of fans in India as what Lords is to cricket, Silverstone is to Formula One. Well said. Thank you. And by the way, there's going to be a third DRS zone here as well. Uh, this time it's going to be through the turns one and two sequence, actually, a se uh, you know, a turn sequence that would need the rear wing to be shut. So it's going to be interesting to see how the drivers tackle it. Is it going to be open, half open, full shut? Okay, I know it can't be half open. It's either one or zero. But anyway. Could I tell us what are your predictions? Well, it would be tough to not pick Lewis Hamilton for the win. I think tyre management will be crucial. Pirelli are bringing their hardest tyres to this race, but I also know that it's back to the thin treaded tyres. Uh, so I think I would pick uh, Hamilton, Bottas and Vettel. I, I think Vettel is going to lose more points to Hamilton this weekend. Unless there's a virtual safety car again. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but I think so too. Lewis Hamilton is going to be back with, you know, vengeance. I'm sure a lot of his, you know, celebrity friends are going to be there watching him at his home race. <laughs> so he'd want a decent after party with, you know, well-earned champagne and all of that. But anyway, I am hoping that either of the Ferrari drivers win. And purely because that would mean we'll have three drivers from three different teams winning uh, each of the races in the triple header. Like, fantastic. <laughs> stuff that dreams are made of, right? Yeah. For Formula 1 fans. Uh, but at the same time, it's tough not to pick Hamilton. So I'm thinking maybe Hamilton, Vettel and then, I don't know, we're stopping. Yeah. <laughs> but before we end this episode, here's something new that Formula One has announced, uh, you know, just before the British Grand Prix. So, you know, they actually announce something new every third day. So there's just so many announcements <laughs> to wait. But this time, Formula One has announced the launch of a trading card game. You know, just that this game uses digital cards and not physical ones. Oh my God, the millennials are taking over. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, I have no clue what this game is. But the last time I traded cards for a sport, it was the WWF. And I mean the World Wrestling Federation before it was forced to become the World Wrestling Entertainment. So maybe this is the step in the right direction for Formula One. Who knows? But thank you so much for listening in. It's uh, great to have... Uh, you listen to us every week. Uh, hopefully, you're going to subscribe to us as well because we are going to be back next week. 
uh, after the British Grand Prix and like Mithila said, an interview with the Dane Kevin Magnussen. Adios. Our biggest storage event just got stronger. The Store More Save More event going on now at the Home Depot. Get the exclusive 77-inch Husky welded I-beam steel shelving for just $179. It now holds up to 10,000 pounds. Plus, it's the only steel shelving with a full lifetime warranty. Find more Husky steel shelving online at homedepot.com. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Limited time only. Event and dates vary by store. Claim based on 2,500 pounds per shelf when evenly distributed. See store for details.